Welcome to Coffee Talk with your host. Hey, Maddie, Maddie, you've been looking so fine. I'm the man. Let's talk about it. I'm sick of you being rich and you still mad. Let's talk about it. You know what? I'm going to fucking knock you out. You know, I am done talking. All I just need is some a buddy to show up. But to be the man, you got to beat the man. And I'm saying, woo, right here. Um, you were you were an amazing uh, trash talker in your day and, and still are to this day. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> you talking to me? You talking to me? Well, who the hell else are you talking? You talking to me? Well, I'm the only one here. Who the fuck do you think you're talking to? Hey, fellow Warzone listeners. My name is Zach Camps. Uh, if I'm not golfing or slinging my hands of monster, I'm usually thinking about Dynasty Fantasy Football. A couple months back, I joined the Patreon just to take my Dynasty passion to the next level. And I'll tell you what, well, let's just say there's writer downers for days in the Patreon. As a member, you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show. You also get access to Memphis and Jerry for one-on-one advice, personal dynasty dilemmas. They'll tackle them for you, help you out with it. You just don't get that anywhere else. But I'd say my favorite part about the Depth of Patreon is the uh, the group chat. Tell you what, these guys are some excellent minds. Tons of fun. The fire in there is amazing. Great platform to post trade questions, debate rookie values, share insight, interact with some cool people from across the globe. You know, shout out to those guys in Australia. They're blowing my phone up all the time. You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more, win those championships, pause the podcast right now, sign up, and you can thank me later in the group chat. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen. We are live here with our DWZ Coffee Talk and MRI report for week 14. This is a dual episode, all in one combined. I'm here with Dr. Kyle at DWZ underscore Dr. PT. He's a board certified doctor of physical therapy. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm good. Just wrapped up the big bet with Memphis. Don't don't love the week from a betting standpoint, but what do you expect in week 15? It's the NFL. There's parody. Shit's flying everywhere. There's COVID flying everywhere. There's injuries flying everywhere. Lamar Jackson's shitting in the stall in the middle of the fourth quarter. This is it. This is the NFL, the National yeah. Football League. Yeah, and if you don't have trade deadlines, now's the time to take advantage of those guys who just lost their playoff matchups. They're tilted. They're going to be looking to sell their assets. You know, I took advantage of some. I uh, I don't do trade deadlines because I think they're evil. Um and there's a, there's a couple of trades that I made this week that have put me in favorite position to win my playoff matchups. Like I traded Antonio Gibson, and <gasps> Matt, um, yeah, you of, love of you love Antonio Gibson. I do love Antonio Gibson, but I guess who I traded him for? Who? Chris Carson. Dalvin Cook. I traded Antonio Gibson and Jerry Judy for Dalvin Cook in a league where I needed running back badly. I needed one guy to push me over the edge because I won a playoff matchup that I shouldn't have. And now I'm favored to win my next one too because of Dalvin Cook. Maddie, you know what I like more than any player in the NFL for fantasy purposes? Money (laughs) in my bank account. Mm -hmm. If if you're playing to win at some point, just stop playing. I love that move. You gave up one of your favorite players because you're like, I want the money. I want the big bucks. I want that Taco Bell for free. Exactly. And 
And, you know, starting Adrian Peterson and Kareem Hunt will only win you so many playoff matchups to where you have to go out and acquire someone. So so finding out that I won a playoff matchup in that league, which was surprising, I had to go make a move, and that's what I did. And uh, there's, there's some other moves that I made that were uh, some good moves for – some leagues where I moved Kenny Galladay, et cetera. And Joe, like with Joe Burrow, I moved Kenny Galladay to get like Josh Allen and Michael Pittman Jr. So that was a good move for me where I get to uh, start some guys now to hopefully win some playoff matchups and make some money now instead of later. Because, you know, why wait on those assets when I could go sell them for someone like a Josh Allen who can be an elite quarterback for me for the next couple of years? Whereas Joe Burrow, there's some there's some risk coming to Joe Burrow because if they don't draft offensive linemen, where is he going to be at next year? Yep. So we'll see with uh we'll see with that, and that's that's why I'm happy to get away from some of my Joe Burrow shares because I was so heavily invested in Joe Burrow this year. Um, but yeah, how about you, man? Have you made any moves this past week or two? Or are you all trade deadlined out? You know what really hurts right now? Oh my god! Uh, so, um. This year hasn't been great from a fantasy perspective, and part of the reason why is I fucking blow it on waivers every week, and my my FFPC dynasty waivers have to be in by 10 p.m. on Wednesday. So every other league is Tuesday night. FFPC is Wednesday night, but it's right when Memphis and I are starting the big bat. I think I got a few. I think I got most of him during the day, but I'm 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 all in. I'm I'm basically I'm spending what I got on Lynn Bowden. Um, mm-hmm. I think the Dolphins are now realizing what they have in a jackknife of an athlete, and uh, I think he's I think he's good if you're a competitor in FFPC. He's got dual um, running back, wide receiver capability. Ooh. DraftKings, he's only got wide receivers. Memphis and I just talked about that, but he's super cheap, and they are hurting. We'll talk about what's going on with Gesicki and Devontae Parker. Uh, Preston Williams is already out of there. Um, so, yeah, uh, Jeff Wilson, Lynn Bowden, um, you know, my one home league, which, okay, quick story. Home league, this one matters more than any because there's shit talk. It, we, it, we're in season four of that. The first two seasons I won, everybody hates me. One of my guys, one of the guys in the league thinks I cheat somehow, which is impossible, but I just, you know, I just had my, my first year I managed to draft Kareem Hunt and Alvin Kamara for fucking value three team keeper league at drafting value. So I, I basically had set everything up nicely. Um, but anyway, this week, my team like mixing, floundering, like Sander, Miles Sanders, Miles Sanders, why I shit the bed this year. Like I was on a lot of other guys, but Miles Sanders, man, couldn't have been wrong, more wrong about until now, like maybe he's revived. And uh, in this league, he, he helped me this week. I recently moved James Robinson at a ninth round value for Derrick Henry, who I don't think will be able to be kept next year. But I love Derrick Henry's playoff matchups. Anyway, going into Sunday night, I'm up like 30 points with Hollywood Brown to go. PPR, my man's got Nick Chubb and Deontay Johnson to go. Deontay Johnson basically lays a goose. Uh, the Steelers did not come to play on offense that against me the too. Bills. Yeah, and, and thank God. Because then going well, then going into Monday, I was up like 25 points. I'm like, all right, so what's Nick Chubb got to do to score 25 points against the Ravens tonight? And I'm, in my head, I'm like, all right, basically he's got to get like 85 to 100 yards but score two touchdowns. And so – of course, like 8.30 rolls around. I'm like, oh, let's just see what's going on in the game. 
First touchdown scored by the Browns, Nick Chubb. And basically they just ran down the field. A couple of drives later, they run down the field again. Nick Chubb at halftime has like 77 yards. Yeah. 77 yeah, yards and two touchdowns. All of a sudden I'm up by like one and a half points. Hollywood Brown hasn't even absorbed a target. Like the ball hasn't even been thrown his way. I'm like, are you fucking kidding? And not to mention like Lamar Jackson was running for his life in the backfield. Mm-hmm. That offensive line is in shambles. The Browns' defensive line looked good. And also, like, I, I wonder if teams have, like, equipment consultants. Lamar Jackson was slipping all over the turf there. It's not the first time the Ravens have played in Cleveland. You have to understand, like, at least what the potential for the, the turf is going to be, and that's very important for a scrambling quarterback. Um, I digress. But anyway, so – at halftime, I'm. I think I'm squeaking by by a point and a half, but I just feel like Nick Chubb is only going to eat again. But in my in my mind, Maddie, I put it into the universe. I put a Hollywood Brown touchdown from Lamar Jackson into the universe, and I also said we haven't seen much Kareem Hunt in the first half. What if the Browns just all of a sudden decide, okay, now we unleash the hunt? And sure enough, mm-hmm. Nick Chubb. On. Nick Chubb, I think, only got two more fantasy points the rest of the game. Kareem Hunt had a day. Kareem Hunt is actually how my buddy ended up beating the uh, the Mahomes-Hill stack I was talking about earlier before we got on. I now realize that was before we got on. I digress again. Mm-hmm. But the Hollywood Brown touchdown happened, and I won by like 12 points. And the kicker is, so this is a three-player keeper league where you keep based on where the guy was drafted. If you keep him more than a year, you lose a round of value each year. Hollywood Brown was a 15th round pick his rookie year. And so I got to keep him for 15th round. So I, there was a guy I knew who's, who didn't want to keep him. So I threw him like a 10th round pick so I could keep him for a 15th round pick as just like, okay, yeah, it's a flyer and he hasn't really panned out, but a 15th round pick to keep a guy who is potential for like, top 30, top 40 wide receiver easily. It hasn't panned out. Yeah. I don't know why, but um, that guy traded him to me and he was the dagger in the coffin. And I'll send him his, I'll send him this take tomorrow. So I advance. You, you sent him a gif of Hollywood Brown doing his little dance and he'll, uh, he'll have some fits. Uh, you know, I was, I was a big guy into Hollywood Brown this off season. I, I liked Hollywood Brown as my wide receiver three going into the year. Uh, yeah. as, a, as a guy who's a wide receiver three on my team, not the wide receiver three overall. But, um, you know, I had him on my team in a lot of leagues, and a lot of leagues he didn't pan out as well. But in a lot of leagues this week in the playoff matchups I was in with him in there, he's the guy who pushed me over the edge to win because there's a couple leagues where I only won by about five to ten points, and that Hollywood yep. Brown touchdown gave me those five to ten points I needed. Um, Sometimes you and, just got to uh, play the upside. Yeah, and speaking about upside plays, uh, Jerry in Memphis. This is a little curveball to you. This is what we're doing on the coffee talk. I didn't. We didn't. Go, we don't have a show sheet. We're going free flow here. Always. They talked about their top five wide receivers of the 2021 Dynasty class, and I'm here to add some more names to your list because they did the top five. We're going to give you five more names. Whoa! So this is a little bonus content here. Five more names for you guys to watch. Five more names for you guys to draft. And uh, I'm excited because I have some good names on here that I really like. There's some good guys on here like uh, a certain LSU wide receiver who's the first one I'm going to talk about, Terrace Marshall. Mm -hmm. Have you heard that name, Terrace Marshall? I have. I have. 
Good, because you'll want to hear him. He's climbing up boards so fast. He's he's slowly becoming about the wide receiver five, slowly taking Bateman's spot. Um, and, you know, I will still have to study his 2020 game, but his 2019 game was very, very fun to watch. He it was the, uh, the fifth to sixth option on the LSU national championship team, but he still put up production. And then he comes back. He puts up production, then LSU is not going anywhere, so he decides to sit out. I think Marshall's going to be a fantastic uh, dynasty asset to get at the start of the second round, uh, middle of the second round this year. Uh, watch out for Terrace Marshall. He's fast. He's tall. He's an LSU wide receiver who's fast and tall, so you know he's going to be pretty good in the NFL. Um, and uh, there's another guy who's on this list who's coming out from of USC. He's a very sticky hand slot guy. His name's Amon Ra St. Brown. That is not mm. a typo. Amon Ra St. Brown is my next wide receiver on the list. He's my seventh uh, wide receiver in this class. He's a tall slot guy, but he can uh, play anywhere over the field. He struggles to create separation, even though he's uh, he's a slot guy. You know that's kind of that's kind of nerve wracking. But as a as a big slot, I wouldn't be worried about him. He picks apart zone coverage. This is his one thing he does really well. He sits in zones well, and uh, he lays out for balls. So he's some guy. He's a guy that he has a a lower upside but a higher floor. So he's a guy that I'm going to be drafting with confidence to produce his first year and second year, and maybe he doesn't produce more than that but he's going to be someone that who's who's going to step into a role and become a good wide receiver too right away i don't think he has wide receiver one upside like we uh see with the 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 tier one guys in this class but Amon ross st brown is definitely a guy to watch for to take someone like a Corey davis role in that tennessee titans team um i really like him a lot and uh he's a guy that i think that we should be drafting second uh round probably 203 to 205 uh, so, super flex is quarterback this is super flex, in my opinion, because the, the running back class, we're saying the running back class is not very thin. Um, it, is, it is very thin. So outside of that, you're going to be drafting a lot of wide receivers this year. So that's why we're going over the wide receivers now so that you guys can start getting a, a look on them. So if you want to watch someone, Terrace Marshall and Amon Ross St. Brown are my number six and seven guys on the list. What do, you, do you have any thoughts or opinions? Do you have any names that should be there instead? No, Maddie, I am uh I am not a Debbie guy. I'm not a college mm-hmm. game watcher. I am literally like so so how I got here is I just started listening to the Dynasty Warzone uh a year and a half ago. And I mm-hmm. would like guys like so and so, like, okay, I gotta get him on my team. Yeah, okay, I gotta get him well, on my team. Well you're gonna have to start watching. Or I'm or I'm just gonna keep piggybacking because I ain't got the time to watch because I can't be look. I'll I'll be the injury guy. I'll be the the bet guy. Um, I'm I'm getting I'm getting good with the props, but college football it just you have to start becoming a little bit beast. of a Debbie guy. I'll I'll become it's, a Debbie guy, not, but you're gonna be my consultant. It's the whole other beast. I will be your consultant through. I'll hold your hand through the steps. Uh, it's really not that hard of a thing to do. All you have to do Here, is watch a little I'll bit of the, highlights. I'll be the and money say, guy. Oh, I like this guy. I'll be I'm the guy. I'll the put highlights. in the money. And you, you put in the brains for Devi. How's that? Sure. How's that sound? Sure. And here's here's my other brain. Here's here's my brain taking over the number eight slot. He is a guy out of UNC. He's not getting a lot of love, but he reminds me of Terry McLaurin a little bit. He reminds mm-hmm. me of Deontay Johnson a little bit. His name is Diami Brown. He is fast. He's six one. He's 
a little on the smaller side, but he doesn't play small. He plays big. He's got some, like, like I said, he's got speed to his game. He's got some good routes to his game. He can do everything you ask for him from an outside receiver. He can switch to the inside and play slot. Um, I think that he's a tier three wide receiver in this class, and he's going to be the wide receiver eight for me. I'm going to be drafting him pretty high. I'm going to be drafting him over a lot of guys that uh, will surprise you guys in the, in the rookie drafts because I really like Diami Brown. But um, I'm going to just uh, leave it with that and just say Diami Brown's good. Diami Brown is very good at football. He's, he has multiple 200-yard-plus games at UNC, uh, whether that's a product of Sam Howell just tossing the rock over and over again because their defense is so bad, um, I'm not sure. But, you know, Dammy Brown is a dang athletic freak, man. Like, he's someone that cannot go unnoticed in your rookie drafts. We got we got a couple of Tar Heels that are going to be sort of low-key, mm-hmm. later-round guys that could, could pop, right? They should not be low key though. That's the thing. You should be. Shh, don't. Sh- but we, let's keep them low key, Matt. Come on. Yeah, Javante Williams. Shh. Don't don't yeah. hype him up so much, please. Uh, I'm not going to talk about the other running back there because I actually prefer him over Javante Williams. And uh, yeah, yeah. Don't don't say his name though because if you say his name, he's going to spread like wildfire. And uh, speak about wildfire, a guy that runs like wildfire. His routes. He's so good at running routes. Is Chris Olave out of? Ohio State. You might have heard his name because uh, he's a very prolific uh, college receiver. He reminds me a lot of Brandon Lloyd. He doesn't have elite speed, but you know he's a good route runner and he can get physical downfield and he high points the ball well. So you know he's a guy that you should. Brandon be Lloyd had like a fourteen hundred or fifteen hundred yard year, right? Oh yeah, I mean Brandon Lloyd was a good receiver for the times he peaked, and that's why I think Chris Olave could be a good NFL receiver as well. He creates separation really well with his physicality, um, and he's always open too, which is the cool thing to see at Ohio State. He's a technician, so you're going to see him get open. He's got a good target share, um, and then Garrett Wilson has come in, and you know Garrett Wilson is going to be the the Debbie darling for next year. He's the wide receiver to watch, but Chris Olave has been putting up production right next to Garrett Wilson, who's going to be one of the top receivers drafted in the next year's class. So Chris Olave, for me, is going to be one of the top receivers to watch. He's my wide receiver number. I think it was we're on wide receiver nine now because we had Terrace Marshall, Amon Ross St. Brown, Diami Brown, and now Chris Olave. And now my last wide receiver for you guys to end it before we start our MRI report. It is Seth Williams out of Auburn. Seth Williams he throws up the X. He's an X receiver. He's very dominant. Um, he's, I think people are uh, really fading Seth Williams because he's not the adult, the athletic freak that we want him to be. Cause he's not six, four. He's not, he's not running a uh, four, four 40, but he's six, two. He runs probably about a four five and he's a dominant trait receiver. He's going to go up and pluck the ball out of the air. Reminds me a lot of uh, Marvin Jones uh, in that regard. Um, so he's someone who could be a good target for that uh, third round that you're looking at. You're looking at names, and Seth Williams is there. He's a guy that was a Debbie darling as well as freshman year. He popped at Auburn. So uh, look for Seth Williams in your rookie drafts. He's my wide receiver 10 in the class. Uh, this is always going to change with a small school. Guys coming up from the senior bowl, senior. Uh, we're not seeing them yet. So we'll we'll see those guys come in. And uh, hopefully these guys stay pretty high up in, in my list because I really like them. Um, and they're guys that we didn't get a t- chance to touch on in the Dynasty Warzone main pod. So I'm, I'm just giving you guys some names here 
to keep an eye on because this is the start of the dynasty offseason. This is the start of our scouting. Um, you really have to start looking at rookies now because at the end of the college football season, you're going to start seeing some bowl games. You're going to start seeing some Zach Wilson takes. Um, so get ready for those. Get ready for your dynasty drafts now before it's too late. So start watching these guys. Start getting your opinions. And don't let other people drive your opinions unless it's like Ray GQ. Um, because, no, I wouldn't even let me drive your opinions. Get your own opinions out there. Um, you know, because it's it's all about – what you feel. So if you make the mistake in the end of the day, it's on you. That's what I've always done for myself before I became an analyst and everything. It's always on me. So, you know, I'll put out lists. I know that Jerry brought to light a list that I made in 2019 for the NFL draft before anything happened. I had Daryl Henderson as my running back one, you know, why, but you know, that's, that's a part of the process. You, you learn, you learn what you've done wrong. Um, you, you learn what traits to look for. You learn what to, to watch. That was the first running back class I scouted for dynasty specific. Um, so it was a little bit of a rough process for me, but there, it's a we, learning. We love our rookies. We right? love our, we love our prospects. We love our rookies. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's something that you got to get into Kyle. Cause you'll love it too. Everyone in dynasty who's an addict will love scouting rookies. If you get into it, um, it's, it's very fun. Was that, was that the Rashad Penny, Sony Michelle year, or is that a year after? That was the year after. Okay, okay. It was the year where it was Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders. Um, uh, yeah, Dave Montgomery. the combine, it. yeah. Got it. And uh, I saw about 12 minutes of highlights from Daryl Henderson of him not getting tackled at all. So I was like, you know, I like Daryl Henderson. <laughs> but that's that's uh, that's how my, my scouting process was back then. But now I look a lot more into what they're doing and how they're uh, playing the game and their, their awareness to defensive schemes. And uh, let's talk about some uh, some – Injuries now. Let's go into the oh, MRI. Quick aside, I looked up some Brandon Lloyd stats. Dude was basically. Have you ever heard of an eighth-year breakout? Um. Yeah, Corey Davis. No, Corey Davis isn't even close to his eighth year. Brandon isn't Lloyd. Not, I think he's been in the year for twelve. He's not been in the league for like twelve. Corey years Davis already. is only like twenty-six or twenty-seven years old. I know. I know. Like you, Brandon Lloyd. In his eighth season, so in his third season, he was very close to breaking out. He had 48 receptions on 109 targets for 733 yards and five touchdowns. That's not quite a breakout, but he was on his way. That was his third season. And then five years later, he went for 77 on 153 targets for 1,448 yards and 11 touchdowns. That, that, like, I want to know who else matches that profile. That's fucking fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. Uh, maybe, maybe that, was his, that was his fourth team. That's <laughs> crazy. Travis Folga mask. Uh, let's see the latest breakout ages for wide receivers. But uh, while we do that, let's talk about Matthew Stafford. All right, let's Matthew do Stafford it. suffered a rib injury. Uh, we're going into our MRI report. This is your MRI MRI report for week 14. Yeah. This is sponsored by my friend Will at Viridian Global. Viridian Global brings you the best fantasy apparel in the land. Uh, you know, they bring you some nice shirts. They bring you some nice hats. We got Dynasty Warzone hats now. That's right. Um, go get yourself some Dynasty Warzone apparel at ViridianGlobal.com. Viridian Global, 
you can use the Viridian, uh, get some Viridian wear apparel with code MBC Maddie Big Chest, as in that 2020, and go get yourself 10% off on uh, some Viridian wear apparel. So, you know, this is brought to you by my friend Will. Uh, what's up, Will, if you're watching? And uh, let's go to some Matthew Stafford because I love Matthew Stafford. What's what's happening with him? What's what's this injury? And what's he going to do for Sunday? Excuse me. Um, so basically at this point, it sounds like the Lions are not going to practice Matthew Stafford at all this week. So we will see a lot of DNPs. He's a veteran, which can be expected for injured veterans at this time of year. I think we're going to see him as questionable on game day, but I am not banking on Matthew Stafford this year or this, this week, excuse me. Um, what are the lions playing for? Not a whole lot other than pride. They're going up against the Titans. So I would not hold my breath for Matt Stafford this week, Maddie. Look for, look for no. any, basically any yeah. other option. Chase Daniels. Let's go, Chase Daniel. Uh, put it up to Marvin Jones for about 100 yards, please, for my fantasy playoffs. I'll be happy. Um, but uh, if if, Marv, if Matthew Stafford is not a go, Marvin Jones, I think his upside is actually increased because he's going to be the guy Chase Daniel goes to for a majority of the a majority of the game. I would not be starting some guys. I would not be starting Quintus Cephas. I would not be starting Muhammad Sanu. I would not be what starting. What about Hawk? I would. Be, I would I would still start Hawkinson in a pinch. I think that Hawkinson and Marvin Jones are going to be his go-to guys in the passing game along yeah. with DeAndre Swift. Uh, yeah. I think that DeAndre Swift is the big name to watch here because if he if he's a go, which he should be a go again, he's going to be the game plan. He's going to be the guy that they make the game plan around because what are the Tennessee Titans not good against? They're not good against stopping screens. They're not good against yeah. stopping the run. And yep. DeAndre Swift is very good at those two things. He's very good at rushing the ball. He's very good at catching the ball. Uh, DeAndre Swift is going to be the game plan. DeAndre Swift is going to get fantasy points. DeAndre Swift is going to be the MVP for this week in fantasy uh, for the playoffs for us. So just going to put that out there now. DeAndre Swift is going to have a nice game along with – he's not going to have a game like Derrick Henry, but he's going to have a nice game. I love to hear that. As someone who anyway. owns so much Swift, it has to happen. So – just trade him away like you did Gibson, you asshole. I will never, never <laughs> trade away Swift. Gibson is expendable. Gibson, when there, I need someone, there's literally, expendable. there's literally no reason to trade away Swift right now. There's zero because he's either gonna win you a championship, or he's just gonna be someone you keep on your or team. Or he's a good team. asset for next year. Yeah, exactly. So there's no, there, he's one of those guys who you can't trade if you have him. He's kind of like uh, Antonio Gibson. If you have them, unless you're uh, gonna win a playoffs, then you trade them. Um, yeah. And uh, let's go to our next guy, Alex Smith. What happened with Alex Smith? Why didn't he play through the game? Was this some like soreness or what? So apparently he had some calf tightness. Um, no, not like a cow calf, but like his lower leg calf. Uh, but it sounds oh. like it's optimistic that he will play this week. I know there is, you know, Memphis and I talked about the the line in the. Seattle is going to Washington to play on Sunday at one o'clock. That's a west to east travel for an early slate. Um, you know, we we both like Washington. I like the under in this game, um, but I like I like the under more if Haskins plays. Probably, 
maybe I don't know. There's still there's still the chance of a lot of turnovers if Haskins plays, but um, both on the the football team covering plus I think they were five or five and a half uh, if Alex Smith plays. Probably even better if Gibson plays because that's just uh, one more pretty solid weapon for the football team. But, um, you know, I, I think Alex you know, Smith will be uh, – Let's go out on a I'm sorry. I had some internet issues. But uh, let's let's say that Gibson doesn't play. Let's say that Smith doesn't play. Um, some guys that I'd be benching in this week matchup uh, because it is a weak matchup for these teams for the offense mm-hmm. uh, because mm-hmm. they're both going up some pretty decent defenses. Uh, Washington offense being worse, so they're going up a def- against a defense that can probably hold them in check. Then Seattle going against one of the top defenses in the NFL. I'd be uh, benching J.D. McKissick if uh, DeAndre if Dwayne Haskins is a starting quarterback. I'd be uh, yeah. benching Logan Thomas if Dwayne Haskins is a starting quarterback. But if Alex Smith is uh, healthy and playing, I'd be starting them both. Um, and then I would also, if Terry McLaurin, I would start Terry McLaurin either. Um, I'm having internet issues, I think, again. But I would start them either way. Um, and then if Gibson plays, I would not be starting him in a playoff matchup. I would be very trepidatious of playing him. I would be probably looking for a better option because I would not trust him to come back fully healthy after that gruesome toe injury. We saw how bad that yeah, toe looked. Yeah, I'm, I'm not it's optimistic about Gibson at all. I, I, I feel like you're only mm-hmm. – I mean, Washington is in the playoff hunt, obviously, but I don't know. Well, of course, they're in the NFC East. I think every team in the NFC East is still in the playoff hunt, besides maybe Fact. Dallas. Um, I think but, Dallas uh, is even. Wow, that's just surprising. Um and, you know, they added an extra wild card spot this year, so there's another team making it. But that doesn't affect these NFC East teams because they're not even going for the wild card. They no, can't even make a wild no card. No wild card chances for the, the NFC East teams. I think they need to make an NFC East rule where if one of these teams are just so bad that they just make it a wild card spot. <laughs> but uh, So Washington 6-7 and seven at the top, and the Cowboys are 4-9 and nine at the bottom, and there's three games to be played. So – you're telling They're, me the football team is number one? Yeah. Wow. That is – that's shocking. Uh, the Giants, I know, have two wins over the football team. So, uh, But Giants they're only five two. and eight. Exactly. So if Giants win one more game, the uh, the Washington football team loses a game, then look what happens there. They're going to – it's just a – it's a that's a, that's show. a big advantage. Yeah. So uh, let's look for the Giants to make the playoffs, Washington, and miss it. That's my assumption because Washington doesn't have the easiest schedule coming up. Um, and then the Giants don't either. The Browns. Oh, no, they don't. The Browns are going to be tough. Daniel Jones is banged up. And I think they play the Ravens in week 16. And then in week you know, 17, they play the Cowboys. The Giants defense has been as impressive as the Washington defense this year for what they've been given. Agreed. If that makes sense. You know, the fact that they can stop the run and and defend the pass, that's not that's something that the Detroit Lions can't do. So I am impressed. <laughs> so so my big bet this week is the Eagles getting six against the Cardinals. And I think the that spread is an overreaction to the Cardinals blowing out the Giants. 
But the Giants' blowout isn't because the Giants' defense wasn't able to no. play well against the Cardinals. It was Daniel Jones isn't healthy. Also, I also wonder if like Daniel Jones might be a head case of a quarterback. He might just be in his own head. Uh, you He's know, trying like, to do too much at once. Exactly. He's like like at least with Colt McCoy going into Seattle, the Giants knew what they had. Colt McCoy probably knew what he had. They knew what they had to do. They knew that they knew they had to play well on defense. They knew they had to contain Russell Wilson, and they knew they had to run the ball on offense. Exactly. All of a sudden, Daniel Jones is the quarterback again, and it's like what do we do? playing in central. Guy turns the ball over every fucking 15 plays. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's something that Daniel Jones is known for is just trying to do too much, like we mm-hmm. said. He's that quarterback who's just trying to do a little too much. He reminds us of Stafford, you know, when he was playing – as a rookie, he was trying to do a little too much sometimes, but you know, he doesn't have Calvin Johnson there. He doesn't have a guy who's going to catch no. his 50 50 balls that are going to be interceptions. He needs some weapons. So he does he, need some weapons. He needs a healthy Barkley. He needs. Yeah. Guess who Vegas has is the number one odds for Kenny Galladay? It's the New York football giants. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. So, you know, you add a big receiver there who can go get those 50-50 jump balls that Daniel Jones likes to throw because every throw Daniel Jones throws is almost a 50-50 jump ball. Um, so 20-80 ball. Yeah, he throws punts. So let's let's let Kenny Galladay go catch his punts down the field and uh, see some success there. But, uh, you know, on our injury report as well is Debo Samuel. Uh, Debo Samuel is continually on our injury report. He's just a He's a walking injury. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bless Debo Samuel because this man's hamstrings are gone. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I think he's already been ruled out for the week. I believe, right? He has. You want to talk about that trade that uh someone who took over your team made for Debo Samuel? Oh my God. Oh my God, Baylor! If you're listening, I love you. I appreciate you taking all my fantasy teams. But having Debo rated so high and AJ Brown rated so low, it will haunt you. There, there is, there are miles. There are miles between AJ Brown and Debo Samuel for so many reasons. No, no, he said there's only a second between them. Come on. <laughs> so yeah, we'll digress there. We'll we'll uh, end it here with this little joke of a. Uh, we're, we're making a we're poking fun at Baylor because he was uh, new to Dynasty yeah. and we're, we love it, it, we it's love all in, it's all in Jess. He's a patron. Uh, he took over my my patron uh, Patreon Dynasty teams because I stretched myself thin. I wanted to do the drafts and quickly realized this is not man. COVID, I, yeah. I'm in too many leagues, businesses. It was a uh, you know my my personal work with being a physical therapist and some things being in limbo from. Basically, August till now, they're still still being figured out. Um, it was just too much, so I handed them off to one of the newer patrons at the time, and it was basically a, a game. Baylor, I love you, but it was, I handed a toddler the keys to the Rolls Royce, and all of a sudden, it was like just flying out the drive and I'm like, no, what the hell is He's got the baseball bat. AJ Brown is potentially a top five wide receiver dynasty as and Oh no, he is. He is is on the IR. 
Um, so anyway, we digress. But okay, so we got some other quick injuries to get to. Mike Gesicki, he was my guy last week. I hope you fucking put him in your lineup if you did. He was my DFS tight end, and he fucking laid the pipe too tight. Two touchdowns. He was a uh, he hit my prop. Um, I had him over four receptions. I think he hit five or six before he went down. But he apparently he went down with a pretty nasty shoulder injury, and yeah. while they haven't ruled him out, he's very much looking in like limbo. he's not going to play this week. Yeah, very much in limbo. Um, I would not depend on him if you're leaning on him. Look for other guys. If Cole Komet is available still, especially in redraft, because in dynasty Cole Komet should not be available. He was he's got relatively high draft capital. He's in a good position. He's only behind Jimmy Graham. He's slowly grown this year. Um, but, yeah, don't don't expect Gesicki to be the guy, especially if they play the Patriots this week at home. It should be a chess match of a game. I like the under in that game, yada, yada. Don't, uh, yeah, I, I like Brian that. Flores in that matchup against his, his uh, mentor, you know, who exactly. does well. I do, I do too. Yeah. I've, the, the Dolphins have the – I feel like the Dolphins have the better personnel. And also, so this was something I forgot to bring up with Memphis when we talked about this game because it wasn't it wasn't a big like or a, a, a big bet for anybody. But in the 2010s, the, the Dolphins-Patriots uh, rivalry, the Patriots were 9 – so that's 10 years. The Patriots were 9-1 and one at home. And then it was a five and five split at Miami. Hmm. Um, I wonder what that says about Brady playing in in uh, Florida. Yeah, well, it, well, it, it, very interesting. And then in the two thousands, the two thousand to two thousand ten or two thousand nine, it was uh, seven and three Patriots, and then six and four Dolphins. So the Dolphins have the edge at home. And that's that's like that's Brady's wheelhouse is like 2000 to 2020 is basically Bill Belichick, Tom Brady against the Dolphins. And I think the Dolphins have the best coach and the best uh player personnel they've had and the you could you could say that the Patriots have the worst personnel that they've had in those 20 years. Um you know, the, the Dolphins do have the injuries and yada, yada. But I just still feel like that, like Brian Flores is aware that Bill Belichick is a guru against rookie quarterbacks. And I expect him to take the right steps to limit Tua's um, risk-taking and uh, potential for uh, mishaps. You know, I think it's fair to say that Cam Newton might be the worst quarterback the Patriots have had in the last 20 years. I like that take. That's a very good take, Matty. Well done. Um, yeah, so I think that even uh, some of the replacements that they've had for Brady have been better than Cam Newton have for passing the ball. Um, even Hoyer when he was playing for Brady, not this year, not this year, but even Hoyer was even is productive in that offense uh, passing-wise. But, uh, you know, that Patriots-Dolphins game is going to be ugly. I think it's going to be a defensive matchup. It's going to come down to whose linebackers can play better against the running backs. Um, and, uh, you know, they're going to try to abuse Savannah Med against the Patriots, and I like that. I like Savannah Med this week a lot. Um, I'm a little blurry, but uh, YouTube, hi, hi, YouTube viewers. Uh, 
But uh, yeah, so we're going to end it with uh, that take uh, from Dr. Kyle on the Miami game. Um, Mike Kosicki probably won't be playing, but they're going to keep him in a shroud of doubt because yep. that's what NFL coaches do. They, they like that's that's what Brian yeah. Flores learned from Bill Pelichek. Just put everybody as questionable until – Don't mark anybody out yet. Yeah. Make them game plan for them and then take them out. So, uh, and, and that's what they're going to do with Mike Kosicki. He's probably not going to play in my honest opinion, that injury looked pretty bad. So, uh, yeah, hope you guys had a good, uh, playoff week, week one. Here's to you guys, here's to you guys at home for week two. So, uh, keep it light and easy. Keep it breezy. Have a good one.